Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Before we get started with this week's edition of the always pressing PGA DFS podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real live NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under 5 minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the 4 days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SDSports. you got to use the promo code SDSports to get that free entry. That's right, playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SDSports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a $100 money back guarantee. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SDSports. Void or prohibited must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Play. Sir. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. We preview the fifth major of the season, the Players' Championship. And in order to do so, the boys are back. The usual threesome in play. Check them on Twitter at BPSnow11. Bucks, how we doing? Doing awesome, Bubba. Glad to be home for the pod. Not on the road. Not hammered. Ready to rock it. Not literally on the road. And yeah. hammered. <laughs> <laughs> and the other voice you hear there is our guy. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing, man? Oh, dude, um, I'm all right. I, I walked 18 holes of golf yesterday. Oh, struggle. Yeah, I, if we want to talk golf over the weekend real quick, um, I played 27 on Friday, 18 in a tournament on Saturday, and 18 again yesterday. So I'm a little, uh, yeah, oh, but I've been doing that 12, about 12 months out of the year. You so, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're Playing golf, shape. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm round. I'm round. My 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 bicep or my whatever the the for, my forearm did a lot of twelve ounce curling this weekend. Oh God! Be- between your golf and your podcast schedule, what when yeah. do you sleep and eat? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Oh, uh, if people see me, I eat very well. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, the sleeping part, that's got some desire still. Yes, still need to work on that one. Yeah. But um, this isn't the Bubba Life <laughs> Advice Show, so let's get to uh, some PGA DFS talk. Um, let's recap the Wells Fargo real quick. Jason Day, for those people sleeping on him, it's his second win of the year and is, I believe, 10th uh, win since 2015. And the impressive part to me is there's two wins this year, at Torrey Pines and then here at the Wells Fargo at Quill Hollow. Two good courses, two usually pretty decent fields, so they weren't just like walkover tournaments. Uh, what are your takeaways from uh, the Wells Fargo Bucks? Yeah, I thought it was a – I mean, the, the Wells Fargo is one of those events every year that you look forward to, kind of like the players, because it's one of the most difficult courses they play all year. Um, and so it rewards great play. It really penalizes some poor shots. Um, but the interesting thing about Quail Hollow is – you have such a wide variety of holes that you can score on. So even if you hit a bad shot or two, you can still take advantage if you're playing well. And so, I, I mean, I personally watched most of uh, the coverage on Sunday. And, um, yeah, it was, it was great. You had a lot of fireworks going on. You had a lot of guys make some really incredible up and downs, um, make some – Honestly, if you just watched Hole 18 all day Sunday, you saw some of the most ridiculous pars that you'll see all year. Yeah. I mean, Nick Nick Watney made whatever it was, 65-footer. Phil Mickelson got up and down from the water. Like, it's just ridiculous. But it was awesome. It was, it was a great event. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, uh, from like uh... – it, it, I think well, it was a, a great tournament to watch because that's such a good finishing stretch, 14 through 18. You know, you got birdie, birdie chance, and then hang on for dear life. Um, but, you know, with that being said, they made it in- interesting, uh, you know, putting a ball in the water on 14 and then almost jarring one on 17. Um, so it was yeah, – I didn't watch a whole heck of a lot of it this weekend. I watched quite a bit of it on the weekdays, but uh, – Good tournament overall. Um, I think it's safe to say Jason Day is back. Not not only did Jason Day put a ball in the water on 14, it was with an iron. Yeah, I know. Right? Wow. With an iron. Driving iron, apparently, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But that either way, yeah. That takes that's, a, that's a big hook. Like, if you've ever been there, you have to hit it way left to get it in that water. Yeah. I bet you I could find it. Um, <laughs> Tiger, a big problem for Tiger this past weekend was his putting. It was really, really bad. Um, I guess, you know, we kind of expected the ups and downs of Tiger, but how concerned should we be with this? Or is this like a week-to-week thing we just kind of move on? Bucks. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, – I, I look at it a couple ways. Yes, it's very uncharacteristic for Tiger to putt that poorly. Um, but it's not the same – Tiger. I mean, I, I think uh, he's going to have weeks like we've seen with Rory where he gets real hot and then he's like mediocre. I think mixing having a bad putting week at Quail, which is one of the hardest courses all year to putt on, is just a bad combination. 
And so yeah. um, I, I wouldn't hold much. I, I wouldn't hold much stock in it. Um, it's just one tournament. You guys know as well as everybody that listens to this pod, golf can change day over day. It's not like mm-hmm. he's had six months of poor putting. One bad round here, one bad round there isn't going to make it. Just like Rory, him crushing it with the flat stick, that one tournament doesn't make him a good putter all of a sudden. Yeah, no doubt about it. Any any Tiger thoughts, Jesse? Yeah, the, the putting, I, I, I think he can figure that out. I mean, he can walk out of his back door and, and figure that out pretty easily. But what concerns me more than anything else is still the the, the, the tee shots. I mean, he's he hit – uh, 42, 57, 50, and 28% of the fairways all week. Um, not, not, gonna do not good. And that, you know, Quail is a place where you do have to hit driver quite a bit because it is long. Um, and yep. he, he still hasn't figured that out. So that concerns me more than the, the putter. I think he'll figure that out. But I mean, he's still, you know, even though he putted terribly, he still finished, made the cut and played awful on Sunday to drop back. But, I mean, it wasn't overall, you know, I, I think Tiger Standard's terrible week. Normal, you know, PGA Tour Pro, that's not bad to be a such yeah. a terrible putter and still make the cut. And Yeah. You know, no doubt about it. Uh, before we get to the players, Bucks, you had a thing you want to bring up about the difference between DK scoring and finishing. We've talked about it from time to time, but you have a couple good examples from this past week. Yeah, I mean, I think – and we do. We, we talk about it. If you listen to the pod, you hear us talk about it in the stats section every single week, um, how important DK scoring is in relation to finishing position. Because um, while finishing position is great because it's generally an indicator of how well you're playing, how well you're scoring, um, you definitely have guys that have a higher propensity to score DK points. And this weekend, you saw that with a lot of players. Like, you saw a lot of guys that finished well and didn't score because that's quail. You make a lot of pars, make some bogeys, um, but generally pars a good score. But then you got guys like Tony Finau who barely made the cut and then played really well on the weekend and scored out of his mind when it comes to DK points. So, I mean, perfect example. Webb Simpson, Tony Finau, both shot – two under both were tied for 21st and Tony Finau had 30 more DraftKings points than Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson. And in these formats, especially at quail where the scoring is low, 30 points is freaking massive. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, if you're playing cash games, Webb Simpson is probably a safer play, although you could probably argue that as well, but Tony Finau just, scores and it's really important when you're looking at the stats to uh keep that in mind and weigh that when you're looking at like cut percentage and finishing position that kind of thing yeah no i, I remember looking at mine and looking at tommy fleetwood this is the <laughs> cut after well, after round two he had more points than like almost everybody on the squad than the yeah. other five made the cut so just goes exactly. to show you yeah i'm i'm with you guys on that, that another one was uh obviously female finished sixth uh, and DK points, 21st overall. And Mickelson finished tied for fifth with Paul Casey, but beat him by 10.5 points. Yep. Yep. Um, Jesse, why don't you give us a little recap with your Captain Hindsight piece on uh, Fanshare this week? <laughs> that was that was, uh, that was was part of it, uh, was talking about Finau and the fact that he finished 21st in, in, in the tournament, but sixth 
in points. Um, so that, that, that definitely was part of it. But, I mean, the, your top six in, in, in scoring overall in the week was obviously Jason Day finished first. Watney finished second. Um, DeChambeau uh, finished fourth. Wise finished tied for second. Um, and Finau. But uh, other guys who were kind of, you know, who really only scored on one day. Peter Uline shot 62 on Saturday, finished seventh in overall points. Um, Paul Casey was also up there. But there was only really one. It was kind of a chalky week. There's only – out of the top ten – most owned guys, only two of them missed the cut. One of them was the most owned, and this hurt us quite a bit, uh, Bubba, Tommy Fleetwood. Um, and then the other one was uh, Streelman, um, who was who was highly owned in a lot of things too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, the, the chalk hit last week, it, relatively speaking, um, and Day came in a lot higher owned than what I thought. I thought he was a sneaky play, but he was not. Well – that was a fun tournament as always. Now let's get into the player championship and uh, it's going to be a fun one loaded, loaded field. And um, as we were talking about before the podcast, all heck breaks loose at this course. So before we get into the picks, Jesse, give us some past event history. This will kind of give people an idea of the carnage that can't take place. At the TPC. Yeah. Just looking at that leaderboard, this, this past leaderboard from last year. Um, and I was just trying to figure out like how you get there. And I have no idea because so basically, in order, you had Siwoo Kim, Ustazen, Poulter, Bello, Stanley, Glover, Molinari, Adam Scott, Brendan Steele, and Alex Noren as your top ten. And I mean, I, I just I still can't I still don't know how you get there um, without just taking a lot of punts. But so obviously, Kim won last year. Um, past other past winners were Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Martin Keimer. Tiger Woods, Matt Kuchar um, since 2012. So a lot of big names up there, though, and with, of course, Sue Kim last year somehow. I don't understand it. <laughs> it was the Pat Mayo bump. That's what it was. Um, let's get into some past or uh, some course preview here, Bucks, as it's another one of our luxurious peak die courses. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of these this year. Um, and, again, pretty typical for – Pete Dye, it is a um, difficult golf course. I mean, it's 7,200 yards, par 72. Um, average winning score is 12.5 under, and cut line is typically around plus two. Um, but the interesting thing about Sawgrass and the great thing that Pete Dye did when he designed this course is um, he kept it super, super balanced. I mean, you look at a 71, 7,200-yard golf course in these days, um, that's not long. But you have only had one tournament, one player's championship over the last 10 years that have finished uh, better than 15 under. And so by tour standards, it's a difficult golf course. I think last year was fifth um, hardest golf course they played all year. And it's a fairly short golf course. Um, but all in all, Pete Dye created a really, really fair golf course. You have a – you have. let's just start with the par threes. You have a par three that on 17, that's 130-something yards. If you gave the pros that distance all day long, they'd dominate scoring. But 17th is surrounded by water, and uh, it's just hard. 
typically is, is Florida. So typically there's some wind as well, but, and then you have another par three. Um, I think it's the eighth hole. Yeah. Eighth hole It's 230 yards. It's crazy. So you have a hundred yard difference on a couple par threes there. Then you get to the par fours. You have a par four on the back nine. I think it's 12. That's 300 yards. It's scorable. Um, it has a almost a 30% birdie or better rate on the year last year, which is just insane. But then you have two or three par fours on the back nine that are close to 500 yards. Um, same with the par fives. You have one par five that's really not reachable. Um, but then you have three that are. And so you have this really wide range of really scorable golf holes and then just really, really difficult golf holes. Um, and so, like we talked about earlier, taking the guys that have that propensity to score well, not just make pars, is really important here. Um, but again, par 72, really balanced golf course. Um Typically, fairways are pretty easy to come by here. Um, when you look at the tour average, it's much, much easier to hit a fairway here, keep it in play here. Where it gets difficult is hitting greens. So taking a guy that is um, hitting greens at a higher clip than normal is a good thing. Also, around the greens and putting is really difficult here. Um, the putting inside 10 feet is really hard here, so having guys that can excel in that also guys that are getting up and down from everywhere. Those are the guys that you're looking for because hitting greens here is a difficult task that so you need to make sure your short game is on par. If you look at Siwoo last year, I think he was top five in both uh, putting inside 10 feet and uh, around the green strokes gained around the green. I think he got up and down like 88% of the time last year, which is just, insane especially since he came into the event like at like 62 percent so um that was a big reason he won last year and so again you're, you're not looking for guys that typically need to hit the fairway all day because they're easier to hit but you want those guys that hit a lot of greens and the guys that have a really strong short game um because those are the guys that are going to ex excel here no i like it uh you mentioned the greens i was reading somewhere they're one of the smallest sets of greens on the tour so that definitely comes into play and i do like what you mentioned because what i was reading earlier is it is a really interesting course because like it, like you said it's not just long 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 or it's not this it, it's it's a course that even like you know guys like us could go out and probably play and not really you know we get beat up it's still a professional course and all but it wouldn't be like if you can't just bomb it off every tee you have no chance type thing you, you can still have fun at this course and it makes it yeah. an interesting interesting watch for sure with these pros and you got to see all aspects of their game. So I like that quite a bit. Um, Jesse, what are some of the key stats you're targeting this week? Yeah, a, a lot of recent form. Um, like we were talking about before the pod, you know, the course history here. There's a lot of guys with bad, bad course history. Um, and so it's 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 going to be weighted a little bit, but not as much. Uh, but anyways, looking a lot at greens and regulation, I think that's going to be uh, a very high uh, – correlation with whoever ends up playing well this week and then scrambling as well. I think, you know, like Bucks was just talking about the greens are small. Um, Got to be able to get up and down much like at Quail Hollow uh, where scrambling was a, uh, ended up being a pretty good stat because uh, Jason Day ended up leading in that uh, stroke scrambling for the week. So 
or around the green, I guess is what they call it. But either way, uh, that and then, you know, birdie or better and then, you know, bogey or, uh, or, uh, or worse too percentage. So just trying to get guys who make birdies, but also avoid the big number. Yep. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much on the exact same line as Jesse. I mean, every week we talk about it. Every single week I look at DK points, bogey avoidance, uh, birdie or better percentage, and recent form. Um, but then as far as the weekly stats go, I'm looking at um, because it's such a balanced golf course, strokes gained overall, so strokes gained total. Just I want to have a holistic view of everybody's golf game kind of thing. Um, but then I am focused on greens and regulation. I'm focused on around the green. I'm focused on putting inside 10, 15 feet. Um, really that short game, unless a guy is just like off the charts bad off the tee, um, I, I'm probably more focused on the short game and propensity to, to score. Yeah, I'm with you because it's, it's not like bombers. I, I do, you know, the approach is something I'm looking into. And then putting, uh, you, you mentioned that the greens being so small. So you got to imagine some sort of scrambling or around the green work, as you mentioned, could come into play. And as I've mentioned every time, I might pretty much preview one of these with you guys. I'm a big course history guy, and you guys hit it. This is a car crash in the making every <laughs> single time. Like Literally, Jason Day, the year he won it, the year before that, he missed the cut. And he didn't play the year before that. Uh, you Obviously, Siwoo Kim. You have Ricky Fowler wins it one year, misses the cut. The year before that, you have T77, then a missed cut. Yeah. There's really no method to the madness here. It, right. it, there's, there's very few, and we'll hit the ones most likely there, that have consistent success at this course. It's very, very few. Um, so I'm more of a recent form guy, and we go from there. It's it's going to be nasty. This is one of those weeks. I actually think, you know, if you have the capability, this is a great week to do like a 20-entry match because <laughs> just do a complete slew of, um, of options. I think that's going to be the best approach, but we could talk about that at the end. Yep. We take this brief break in the always pressing PGA DFS podcast to talk to you about RotoWare, one of the greatest shirts in fantasy sports. They have DFS shirts, fantasy season long, all kinds of great shirts. They're the best quality shirts in the industry. No other brand can compete with RotoWare in terms of quality, premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts, specialized printing process, designed as part of the shirt, literally dyed bleached into the fabric, no thick ink. It's ridiculous the amount of options you can find, over 30 different designs. Fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, DFS, they keep coming out with more and more and more stuff. Men's, women's, kids, you name it, they've got it. There's lots of buzz kicking up in the fantasy industry about it. People are wearing these shirts. They're representing the shirts. They are great quality shirts. And you can have one too. You can have more than one, as many as you want. Just use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, DEGENS, for 20% off your order. Go to rotoware.com. Or go to at RotoWare on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out what they have. They're giving away free shirts all the time on Twitter. But when you go to purchase, use the code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to the always pressing PGA TFS podcast. Let's get into it. The picks. Starting at 10K and above, we got five guys. You got Rory McIlroy at 11.6, Jason Day at 11.4, Spieth 11.1, JT at 10.8, and Dustin Johnson, the fifth priced player at 10-3 haven't seen that in a long time he's basically playing for that number one ranking right now as he yeah. scuffled and others have kept going so this is interesting bucks what do you like in the top yeah i think so i think and you guys would know but i think there are what five or six guys that have the opportunity to take over that number one spot this week 
something like that. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of scenarios to happen, but I think it's like um, Rose, Rom, JT, um, DJ, obviously, and then maybe a couple others. But yeah, there's a lot of things that are in play this week, and that could be for a guy like Dustin Johnson who likes to space out at times. That could be that motivator to get him going. Um, Dustin Johnson, start, just starting from the bottom. Dustin Johnson is kind of like off the charts when you look at like DK points, bogey avoidance, strokes gained overall or total. Um, but around the greens and putting, he's been mediocre. And, and I'm I'm just looking at the last 24 rounds here. Um, if I were to pick my top two guys here, I really like Justin Thomas. Um, and then honestly, I'd go back today. He's yep. one of those guys that gets streaky hot. Um, this is a golf course. If he won at Quail, and he hit the ball all over the place yeah, with his did. driver. Yep. Um, and so you you bring him on a golf course that doesn't require him to – yes, you have to keep it in play. But a lot of the trouble that Jason Day hits it in is left. This is a golf course where you can miss it left. You can't miss it right. Um, and so I like Jason Day again this week. I think because he won uh, last week, he'll be lower owned, that whole back-to-back theory. And so I, I'd probably go back to him in this range. But, again, you guys know as well as I do, um, I typically, for the most – I'm going to do three entries. Two of my three, I will avoid this entire 5K range. So what about you, Jesse? Yeah, I – I just don't know if I can get on the day train. Like, he got bailed out quite a bit by his putter last week. Obviously, he hasn't – I don't know if you guys heard this, but he hasn't missed a putt inside five feet all year on tour. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> it's like 100, 180 yeah. straight or something. Crazy. It's, it's a lot. And he didn't He didn't miss one at all at Wells Fargo. And typically, if you're doing that, um, you know, you're you're – making all the bogey putts or making all the longer par putts or whatever. And I, I don't know what percentage of those were just tap-ins. I'm sure they're counting the tap-ins in that, but um, he hasn't missed a putt inside five feet all year. So, I mean, his putter was red hot last year or last week. It bailed him out quite a bit because he wasn't hitting the ball tee to green very well. He only hit 57 basically percent of his greens regulation. So, I normally would be with you, Bucks, on that. But, like, if we got to get somebody who's, you know, can hit more greens, I, I just don't know where his, his iron game is at at this point. Um, he did scramble very well last week, though. So His iron game is medium. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he's got – I think he's – you know, there's some angles to play day. I, and, you know, if somebody did, I wouldn't talk them off of it at all. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big I'm not a big Rory fan this week. Uh the, the, I, I do like the three below. Now, I, I don't know how people are going to react to this pricing because obviously the top two have won since the last time that the bottom three have won. But if you look at like somebody like Spieth at 11-1, terrible course history, three straight missed cuts here. Um, <laughs> he did finish fourth here in 2014. Oh, but so he's going to win. Top threes, including one at the Masters, hasn't played since the Masters. Um, and he was hitting a lot of greens. He's been hitting a lot of greens, been scrambling very well um, in his last two tournaments. And even this year, just overall, just, you know, getting up and down uh, pretty well. So I, I, 
it just it's going to depend on how highly touted these guys are um, where I end up going because you know this is like it's like you know just trying to pick apart the best thing in the world. I mean, like these are the five of the best golfers in the world. So Justin Thomas hurt <laughs> me last week. I'll probably play him. I'll probably play. I'll probably play all five of them to be honest with you. Um, but if I had to put them in order, I would go Spieth, JT, DJ, Day, McIlroy. Yeah, that's pretty good there. I do like Day. I agree with everything you were talking about, Bucks, and um, I have no problem going that direction. But the one guy I'd look to here, if I go up here again, like you, Bucks, not a fan of this uh, going up high region thing. But uh, Justin Thomas, I, he's just the one guy that I can, you know, I'll probably regret saying these words right now. The one guy I can trust in this range to continue yeah. to put up good round after good round. I, you guys, you guys can edit that out for like Friday afternoon. I kind of see it coming now. Um, but uh, like, you just look at the way he plays, and you talk about guys that can score and guys that can, you know, make some of those shots. And doesn't matter how big the course is or how small the course is. He's proven us so much over the last year. He's not just this bomber that goes out there and he's reckless. He's actually turned into a really good golfer. So I like Justin Thomas a lot at ten eight. I think. Ownership-wise, I think everyone's going to flock to DJ at 10-3. At least it feels that way. So I think those other four guys are going to get super cheap. And I think Macro is going to go extremely overlooked. And I can see Spieth as well. But uh, I'm going JT at 10-8. Let's go to the 9K range. you got Ricky Fowler, John Rahm, Justin Rose, Sergio Garcia. Nice little range to pick apart right here. Jesse, where are you starting? Yeah, uh, just a couple few golfers to choose from here. Um, again, you know, splitting hairs on these guys. Um, it's going to come down to ownership, I think, and projected ownership anyways. The, my, my favorite at this point is John Rahm. You know, he missed the cut here last year. Um, you know, hitting a lot of uh, greens and regulation. Um, okay around the greens, uh, but he's just a ball striker. So, uh, assuming he doesn't get too pissed off, you know, I, I think he could do well here. <laughs> What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly not a big fan of this range. Um, I typically really like playing Rom, but for some reason, um, I'm just not feeling it this week. I, I think if I just look at the scoring, then Rom is elite. But if I look at, like, short game around the green, that kind of thing, he's – I mean, mediocre at best, and that kind of concerns me here. Um, the only guy in this range that I do like is Justin Rose, um, only because he's been putting better of late. Um, again, he fits that same mold as Rom, where he's been struggling kind of with his short game, but um, his putter seems to be turning around. He has a propensity, propensity to score and avoid the bogeys like we've been talking about. Um, so... If I have to start with a guy in the 9K range, it's going to be Justin Rose for me. Yeah, um, it's crazy. We've all looked overlooked Fowler, and I'm with. I'm not going there either. I'm looking at Rom at 93 as a guy that could definitely have some fun here. But if I have to pick just one, I'm with you, Bucks. Justin Rose. Um, we've talked about him over and over again of how well he's played this year. You know, he's made 12 of 12 cuts, eight top tens in that time period. He's fared well here. He's won a top 10 once, uh, three top 25s. Still some missed cuts in there, of course, because that's what this tournament does. But at 9100 bucks, he definitely could be a nice starting point on a team. Um, I'm going to ask you guys, Sergio Garcia is one of the few guys that does have amazing course history here, like really, really good course history. He's coming off back-to-back missed cuts, including the Masters. 
what are your guys' thoughts on Sergio this week? Is he going to be overlooked, or is this one of those that uh, people will look at the course history and take him, and you'll we'll just sit and watch? I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned him actually because I was uh, I was going to ask you guys about him um, if if I had the chance because he's going to be one of those guys who does not show up very well on any stat models. Um, therefore, he's going to be low owned, and like you said, he's actually got good course history here. Um, I think he's a GPP you know play. Especially, I think he'll be the lowest owned of of this whole entire group. Everybody we've talked about so far. I think it. I think it will largely depend on what contests you're playing. Um, just because you do have a lot of course history truthers, um, which will focus on that. Um, but I think for the most part, I agree with you, Jesse. I think that he will be a fairly low owned. And I personally think there's a good reason for that. Um, I mean, I, I can't – I can't. yes, if I'm playing a bunch of lineups, then, yeah, I'm going to take a flyer with a low and Sergio at this, at this track. Um, but he hasn't made a cut in a month and a half. So I can't reasonably say, here, go play Sawgrass, one of the hardest courses on tour, <laughs> and – try to avoid the water that's on the right side at, on 12 holes um, when his miss is right. So, um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm mixed about Sergio, honestly. Yeah. It's just typical Sergio. He's so tilting. Like, back-to-back nice cuts prior to that, three top tens, and he, he picked up a win and uh, overseas. He was playing really, really well. He's like that guy that wouldn't shock you if he tore it up here. But oh, then. yeah, sure. He's just very like, like you said, Jesse. GPP play bucks a lot of a lot of lineups. Yes, well, I uh, think he's 100 fadeable. Like if you don't want to play yeah, him, just yes. play him. Uh, but I think in a, in if you've got 20 lineups, like you were talking about earlier, I, I, I'd throw them on one or two at least. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go to the 8K range where this is juicy, and it's been juicy lately. And I'm a big fan of this range. Casey Stenson, Reed Woods, Matsuyama, Mickelson. DeChambeau, Fleetwood, Molly, and Kisner. A couple guys I am looking at here. PC is definitely on the radar coming off his nice T5 last week, and he's been playing really, really well. Last two trips here, T22, T23, and I think he's playing, obviously, I'm not really stating, I'm not stating the obvious. He's playing the best golf he's played in a long, long time. So uh, Casey, 89, I think it's a gift. I, I'll take that. Henrik Stenson's a guy that fits this course really, really well to me. Uh, he can bring that three-wood out and just move it all around that course. Um, if his putter's there, which it definitely – should be, but it's it is a question mark at time with Stenson. It could be interesting. With eighty eight hundred bucks, talk about recent form. He definitely has that tool here. Uh, Patty Reed's on fire. As much as I hate the guy, like there is no better recent form in all of golf right now other than Patrick Reed at eighty seven hundred. So week in and week out, he gets it done. He's on the short list. And the last guy I'll mention here is Phil Mickelson. Um, yes, the same guy that I used to hate. I pretty much play every week now, and he continues to get it done at eighty four hundred bucks. And he does uh, have decent history at this course. Uh, he's played it 24 times for crying out loud. So he knows all the spots. But in the last five or six years, it has not been good. So maybe things have changed with Phil. He's in play. And there's a handful of others I'll let you guys talk about. But those are the key ones I like. Casey and Stenson, for sure. I could definitely see starting a lineup with those two and throwing some Phil in there. Uh, Bucks, what do you like in the AK? I mean, like 90% of this range, I'm <laughs> yeah, 100% it's, playing. It's loaded. Yeah. <laughs> I will have a lineup with all 8K guys. Like, it's going to happen. Yep. It's insane. Like, 
All right. So out of all of these guys, there's three guys I'm not playing at all. One, Hideki Masayama. Don't like him. Don't like him this week. Uh, Kevin Kisner, I have no idea why he's priced here. Um, because he's a Pete Dye specialist. Yeah, well, <laughs> a, en- enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> and then Francesco Molinari is just like, if there was ever a week that someone is just doomed to miss a cut, it's going to be this week for him because a thousand percent of the PGA community is on him right now. Um, and yes, he, he's another one of the Sergio types stats are not great right now, but he loves this golf course. Um, so I'm fading Molinari. I love Phil Mickelson. We've all been playing him for a while now. I'm going to continue to play him. Patty Reed, love him. Stenson, love him. Casey, love him. Even Tiger. Um, <clears throat> Tiger's always going to be decently owned, but in this range with so many freaking guys around here, I like Tiger in a GPP setting to be uh, a, a decent value. DeChambeau, he is a guy that, um, well, one, he's been playing well and finishing well, but two, he scores a shit ton of DK yeah. points. A I lot. He does. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and he's been hitting his irons really well. Um, he's been putting pretty well. And so DeChambeau, Mickelson, Reed, Stenson, Casey, all of those guys are going to be some of my core this week. Fleetwood, I want I want to be on the right side of Fleetwood when he actually starts playing well again, but I just can't trust it, not here. Um, so I'll largely fade Fleetwood again. Um, but if I had to pick two guys in this range, it's going to be Reed and Mickelson. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, that, you guys pretty much took everybody that I was going to talk about. I mean, I, I, I'm on PC. I, I, Henrik is top of my uh, model this week. I actually like Pat. I'm coming around to Pat, so he'll probably miss the cut this week if I actually play him. Um, I'm scared of that, too. Again, on Phil, because of the whole DK points thing, I do think that if you're playing like the round-by-round BS on um, – DraftKings, that Phil and Bryson are two guys that I would look at pretty much every single round, um, depending on where they're priced, because they can make a lot of birdies. They'll make the bogeys, but if you're if you're in those round by round deals, birdies are king. Um, and it, it, last but not least, I'll talk about Tommy Fleetwood a little bit. I mean, for me, like, so he's he had 14 straight made cuts before this miscut at the Wells Fargo. Um, with two back-to-back 74s for, you know, six over par. Putter was awful. Short game was awful. Um, but like we talked about before, I mean, he didn't, wasn't hitting that many greens either. Just what overall just his game wasn't there. But, you know, I, I have faith that he can fix that stuff. It takes a couple extra days, takes him off or goes back to the range and gets that fixed. And if I'm if I can get him, you know, 10 to 15% instead of at – 25 to 30%. I'll take that all day. So oh, I'll yeah. probably watch the, the projected ownership, the tags on Fleetwood. Um, I'm always a Tommy Fleetwood guy, AKA new PC. You guys know this. <laughs> so I, I will ride him and, and I'm not like, I'm not going to miss it whenever he does win. I, I yeah. do want to be on him. So he'll be on one of, you know, probably at least one of my teams this week. Um, 
I'm not all in like I was last or close to all in like I was last week, but you know, I, I, th- I think he's got some, because just because of the whole bounce back factor, there is a, there is something to be said for chalky miscut guys. Question uh, similar to Sergio Elk uh, Tiger 8,600 bucks is quite a discount from what we've seen lately. Bucks, you already mentioned how like, being surrounded by all these golfers, you'll think he'll be low owned. Jesse, what's your take on Tiger at this price tag? I'm just, I'm just not playing Tiger. Oh, I'm not playing him either. But what do you? Think? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know, guess, yeah, I can see why some people will. Um, you know, and, and it, he's making cuts, so he's almost like cash game worthy, really. Uh, he's just not. I don't know. I just don't know that he can compete for a win yet. Here, Go back here's and the one thing I'll say uh, about Tiger. He has played his best golf all year on less than driver courses. Yeah. Yep, that puts a wedge mid iron into his hand. Um, yep. I think his proximity will be much closer than we saw like last week. Um, and he'll have more opportunities to make putts. And I don't think he's going to putt as bad as he did last week. So I would definitely put Tiger Woods um, in that top 25 range or better and it's just trying to figure the the issue is you look at those guys around him what do you think tiger's best possible scenario is what do you think the likely scenario is for tiger i i would say likely scenario top 25 best possible scenario what maybe a top 10 yeah Yeah. but i I can't put him to win every other guy in the ak range can win exactly Yeah, that's why I just want to get you guys' opinion because we've seen that's quite a price drop for obviously the most popular guy in all of golf. So <laughs> something, to, something to keep an eye on there. Let's go to the 7K range with the loaded field. We're going to have a loaded 7K range as this is expected, not just quantity but actually quality this week. Um, Jesse, kick us off in your favorite range in DraftKings. <laughs> my favorite? Well, why? Because there's every golfer in the on the whole entire field is in the 7K range. Is that my favorite? Exactly. Um, yes. <laughs> I'll start up top with Bubba. His course history is kind of blah. Um, he did miss the cut here last year. I don't really worry about a whole lot of his what happened with him last year on any of these courses because he's a, he's not playing the same golf uh, as he was last year. Um, coming off a of fifth at the Masters, I think he's very playable this week. Um, so I, I do I do like him at that price. Kuchar, uh, he's he's underpriced here at seventy eight hundred. I know he's kind of. Uh, he's not had the best year, um, but he's he's very consistent. Course history, miscut third, miscut, has a win here. So I would take a chance with Kuchar at that price. Um, I think a lot of people will pass over Poulter at uh, at 78 and think he's he's overpriced. Um, I like it. Uh, I'll probably go to him this week. Ustazen played awful last week, but did finish second here last year. He's been kind of sketch up and down this year. Um, back in Florida, so maybe that'll do something for him. I don't know. Brooks Kepka, I think, is playable at 7,700. Grillo, 7,500. I like him. Chesson Hadley is another guy at 7,500. I do like. Um, you guys aren't going to believe it. Webb Simpson at 7,300. <laughs> I might just make an all like never team. I'll, I'll put, <laughs> uh, I'll put Phil, uh, Pat Reed. 
and uh, Webb Simpson on the All Never team because there's a point in my life where I, I would say I never would play these guys, but where, at 7,300, I think Webb will be kind of chalky, but it's hard to pass on him at that price. I think a good pivot off of him is uh, Adam Hadwin. Nick Watney's right there. His course history is awful, so I don't know how much of him I, I really like, but he's playing. He's he's a lot like Bubba this year. He's playing totally different golf, so I think he's playable. Kyle Stanley, ball striker extraordinaire, been playing a lot better here recently. <clears throat> and then we get to the man, the myth, the legend, Kierdeck, Abby Barnrot. Doesn't matter how he's playing. <laughs> Put him in the lineup. Nice. What about you, Bucks? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's so many guys down here. <laughs> uh, and, and so many guys that, like, actually have value. Um, I'm obviously starting the 7K range off with the Golden Cherub, Cam Smith. Um, decent ball striker, decent around the greens. Um, the one thing he's good at is being streaky when it comes to DK points. Um, so, GPP guy, he, I mean, like, that's that should be on one of your teams because he has the chance to go real low um, as far as DK points goes. Um, Other guys that I really like in this range, Jesse mentioned Grillo. I really like him. He's top 20 in like five of my categories. Um, The only thing that he struggled with in the last uh, four, three or four tournaments has been his short game. But, again, this is a, uh, a different golf course, a different animal. Uh, Tony Finale, 7500 bucks is super value, like crazy value. Um, not only has he been playing really well, but he scores a ton of points. Um, and so he, he, and he is top 20 in bogey avoidance. So you got a guy that can murder the ball, the guy, a guy that's been playing, playing well, um, and a guy that has been making minimal mistakes. That's just – that's what you're kind of looking for here um, at Sawgrass. And, again, this is a really difficult golf course to kind of predict who is going to play well, but everything sets up well for Finale being um, really good value. I think a lot of people like Zach Johnson. I don't like him in this week. Uh, I'm going to go one lower with Patrick Cantlay. Um, guy has been playing well for over a year. And I think last year he, what, came in top 10 here? 22nd. Yeah, so came in 22nd. He has played this course hundreds of times. Um, And so a guy with that much talent is going to break through at some point in time. 7,500 bucks for that talent is good. Luke List might be the chalkiest guy down here. Um, What what are your guys' opinions on List as far as ownership percentage? (laughs) He usually is. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's, he won't be because there's a good chance he will be. Yeah, I mean, I think he one he's been playing great. Two, his stats line up well, um, and he's seventy four hundred bucks. I think he will be very very chalky, um, but could be well worth it. Skipping down, Adam Hadwin really like this week. Webb Simpson again, I like this week um, just because he is a cut maker extraordinaire. Um, and then going, and again, you could go on and on and on and on for these guys, but one guy I did want to mention, 7100 bucks. the guy's been playing really, really well. Mar- Marty Laird has had 
really good form of late. Um, he's been putting really well. He's scrambling's great. He's been making a ton of birdies, scoring a lot of points. Um, overall, he's top 20 in strokes gained. 7100 bucks for a guy um, that's playing that well, I think, is crazy value. So th- that's who I like in the 7K range. And, again, there's 14 million guys down here, but who do you like, Bubba? Yeah, you guys mentioned Watson. Cooch, I agree. Cooch is just way too cheap. You got it at $7,800. bucks. It's a great play there. Poulter, I like your take on that, Jesse. I agree there. Uh, Daniel Berger is a guy that continuously gets overlooked. He had a bad Sunday. His first three days were great, and that's what got his T55. He was, like, in the top 20, almost top 10 at one point over the weekend. So uh, at 7600 bucks, he can be a cheaper option there. Uh, Billy Ho, Mr. PXG himself, coming off that uh, good old New Orleans win. He uh, is playing really well also at 7600 You know, when he does make the cut here, he finishes high. So he's a GPP-type guy. He's either, either going to bomb it or he's going to play really, really well. Um, can't lay it. I agree with you, Bucks. That's one of my favorite ones in that 75 range. I like ZJ, especially for cash, he's as reliable as they come. Um, but for tournaments, I can see the can't lay pivot for sure. Um, Chesson Hadley at 7,400. That's why I'm confused on it's either going to be him or List. Is it going to be your chalk, in my opinion? So that'd be the ones to look at. But Chesson's playing, Chesson's a top 20 machine right now. So he's definitely a guy to keep in mind. Um, you mentioned Hadwin, Webb, like all those. Nick Watney at 73. I talk about him every week. And he finally, he almost won it finally. This guy's just really, really good. Uh, a couple names I, I don't think I heard you guys say, but again, there's so many of them you might have. Um, Charlie Hoffman at 7200 bucks is a decent course history guy here. Another guy, when he does finish, he does really well. You know, he's been up and down in his last five or six tournaments, but at, at uh, 7200 bucks could be a spot for him. Uh, you're going to hear the Kyle Stanley narrative all week. He is a great ball striker, so this is a place that sets up decently for him at 7200 bucks. Uh, other than that, though, there's a ton of options. You guys nailed mo- both a lot of them. Like Jimmy Walker is interesting to me. I'm not all over him, but interesting at 72. Uh, Bo Hosser is always a guy I like at 71, but uh, there's a ton, a ton of them you could definitely take a look at there. So in the 6K range, Bucks, who you like it? You don't need to go down here. Like, <laughs> That's there's true. so many good options, but. I mean, if you were to go down here, just a, a few guys that I like. Um, John Huh, he has been playing decent, um, decent putter, decent short game. He's just like a solid player all around, looking to kind of break through. Pat Kazire, um, again, one of those guys that I think he um, he played really, really well for a long stretch there earlier this season. Um, in late last year, so I like him. I'm always going to like Rory Sabatini. Um, and then the one other guy that I'll mention down here uh, is going to be Patrick Rogers. The guy has shown flashes of really, really good golf this year at times. Um, and I think for 6700 bucks, if you're playing a guy down low, you're likely in some large-scale GPP boomer bust, and he is definitely one of those boomer bust plays. No doubt about it. You like it, Jesse? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a few names down here that probably shouldn't be. Keegan Bradley being one. Um, yeah. He did almost go full Keegan uh, from the lead to missing the cut. He did get MDF last week, which, you know, whatever. Um, Martin Keimer uh, finished 42nd last week. He's been coming back from the injury or whatever. At 6,900, I think he's worth a you know worth a shot. 
Another guy is Chez Revy at 68, uh, winner this year on tour. Um, you know, could be worth a shot. Doesn't he's not a long knocker? We know that, Bubba, but um, yeah. he did he did make the cut here last year. <clears throat> and getting, I mean, if you're getting way down, the only guy that I want to play below, you know, 68 probably is, uh, or that I'm going to consider is Blaine Barber. I don't know if you guys remember this guy from last year, but I mentioned him in one of our chats, um, yeah. and he finished 16th here. Uh, so he's got some I, – I think the story on him is he's been around this golf course a lot. So um, he's not played very well this year, but, you know, he wasn't great coming into last year either and finished 16th. So he's worth a shot, I think, at 65. And like you said, the large, large field GPPs, $44 or whatever. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh when I'm looking down below here, it's uh, Keegan Bradley for sure. Just, you know, he's way too cheap. For, well, not way cheap, but cheaper than he used to be. I like the Martin Keimer call there. Nine for nine made cuts here. I don't think there's anybody else that's been perfect at this golf course without, like, just one trip. So he's at least on the, the radar. He does like playing here. At this price, we always talk about it. You just want guys to make the cut and maybe contend. He's been able to put together a couple top 25s in his time here. So you can definitely look at Keimer. Um, John Huff, I agree. That's a guy I like, I like a lot of the time. And he's played much better this year. So three straight missed cuts at this course. It's a different John Huff these days. So I don't mind him at $6,800. Uh, you mentioned Sabatini. I don't hate that as and, at all. Uh, that's kind of all I'm really looking at. There's always tons of, you know, what if GPP punts down here. But those are kind of the ones I'm steering towards. Bucks, what are your – if you had to pick one or two punts, who are you looking at? Um, a couple punts that I like, you, we already talked about it. You just mentioned him. John Hutt is definitely a guy that I would like down low. Um, and then another guy who I didn't mention earlier, but he is one of those guys that can just show up out of nowhere and go low is Jason Kokra. Oh, definitely. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, Blaine Barber, like I mentioned before. Another guy who's kind of popping on my model here, I guess he plays on the Champions Tour, is Scott McCarron. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I'm playing, but, like, of the guys down this area, he's rated higher than most of them. So maybe if you're desperate. Um, yeah. I'm looking at Keegan Bradley and Martin Keimer as my two down here in the punts, but I like the Champions Tour. That, that's pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> No one will be. No one will be on that. So that'll be I mean, Scott McCarron, point one percent, yeah. and you're yeah, the point one percent. Yeah, I'm about to say you are the point one percent. Let's talk about bust for the weeks. Uh, Bucks, do you have a one or two guys to bust for the week? Yeah, I think um, John Rahm. I would I would categorize as a bust this week, and then Francesco Molinari. Nice, nice. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I like the I like the Franny call there. Um, ah, man, it's it. This is not easy. So I'm just gonna go by the rating up there. I mean, I, I I'd have to go day. That's uh, he's like the lowest rated of all those guys up there. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, either Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods. Those are the ones that uh, I'm going with there. Uh, what's your core this week, Bucks? Um, I think my core is going to be um, Mickelson, 
Reed and DeChambeau. I like it. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I'll be. I'll probably be heavy Stinson. Um, also like in uh, Grillo quite a bit as well. Yep. I'm gonna be uh, Stinson Kucher for two, and then Phil and PC would kind of round out the third one of those two there. Yeah. Those are the ones I'm definitely looking at. Okay, moment of truth, Bucks. Who's your winner? Man, uh, it, this is really hard. I will say uh, Bryson DeChambeau. That's who I'm picking. Ooh, I like it. Very nice. Ballsy. But you bought uh, Jesse? Yeah, winner this week is going to be um, Henrik Stenson. Well, that was my pick. So if I had to pick someone outside Stenson, I'd say Justin. You could go before me. No, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> if it's, I like Stenson. That'd be my one A. If I had to pick a one B, I pick Justin Rose. Those would be the two. Those are the two I'm looking at for sure. So many guys that can win this week. Yeah, yeah. it's wide open. I mean, that that's why this is awesome. This field is phenomenal. And have you guys heard about the coverage? Yeah, good coverage is gonna be yes, yeah. yeah. It's going to be yeah. insane coverage. Yeah, it should be it should be fun to watch if your golfers are playing well, but it's going to be awful <laughs> when all of them are missing the cut on Friday. That is that is one benefit this week of going some large scale GPP with like twenty lineups, so you at least have some sort of sweat. Yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt about it. All right, that wraps it up. Last words, Bucks. Enjoy the carnage. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jesse. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, scale back. <laughs> that's, <it. laughs> I mean, that's the that's the wise thing to do. But coming from the, Jesse, there's a lot of good GPPs out there this week. They DraftKings did a terrible job of pricing the GPPs, but they're 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 there's a lot of money out there, so it's, it'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, and most importantly, enjoy the golf. It's a great golf course. Lots of fun, tons of water balls on 17 as we go, go to expect, but a lot more than just 17 on this course. It's a really good one to watch and enjoy, and hopefully you get some green screens at the end when it's all said and done. Um, for Bucks on Twitter, at BPSnow11, Jesse at DFS Golf Gods, I'm at BD Intrick, the podcast at Always Press DFS. This was the Players' Championship Preview. See ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.